Last week I said we'd talk about how to work when your plans don't work. So let's try some improv. Uh, I can hear you groaning already. I can speak a sentence. I can say one word after another. See how I do it. How it sounds. This is how you write without planning anything out. This is how you just sit down and type without necessarily having anything to say. That's obviously not something you should do. Where I live in LA, uh, there's just bunches of improv. Improv is short for improvised, meaning created and performed spontaneously and without preparation. There's improvised comedy, there's improvised jazz, there's improvised Shakespeare and improvised musicals. Fortunately, none of it is what people think of when they think of the word improvise. When you picture someone making up something on the fly, you picture a kind of pure childlike instinct. We've all heard it before, sitting in our white vans and eavesdropping on unaccompanied minors. I hit you with the sword. I block it with my shield. I shoot you with my laser that blows up shields. I have got unbreakable armor. Do you know that unstoppable laser breaks unbreakable armor? Uh-uh. See, that's fun stuff, right? It's so productive, too. In our unstoppable laser example, we see the main pitfalls of bad improv. So, one is the failure to agree on a basic reality. Number two is failure to agree on the aim of the improv. And three is the failure to agree on the heart of the matter. I am not here to teach you about improvisation as an art form. However, it can teach us something about how to write when our best laid plans go off awry. Uh, failure to agree on a basic reality, that's number one. In the story of Run Prometheus, I ended up with a pretty major problem, and the problem was that I hadn't built my world before I started playing in it. The way to build a world is an improv tool called Yes And. So we start with a single premise, a depressed college student creates a artificial intelligence to make her happy. You know, good premise. Yeah, yes and, we say. Yes, I agree to that premise. And let me add to that premise. Yes, the artificial intelligence works to make her happy. And the artificial intelligence has no other parameters than making her master happy. Interesting. Yes anding is good because it supports and upholds the precedent of the premise. However, it doesn't leave that premise alone. It builds on it, interpreting it to its most interesting logical conclusions. Yes, and. Yes, the artificial intelligence knows that harming other people for her master will make the master sad. And what the master doesn't know can't possibly hurt her. And what does happiness mean anyway? And can one ever be happy if their happiness is possibly an illusion? And how can one possibly know that they're not being lied to? Dang, I had a really interesting book. Uh, then I took it to Crazy Town. Crazy Town is where unbreakable armor and unstoppable laser meet. They're both cool concepts, but if there's two, four, 18 cool concepts all getting dumped at once, you enter a space that is tonally asymmetrical, where cool concepts and premises are lost in chaos. Yes, a depressed teenager made herself an AI, and... I introduced a biographer for my main character. Yes, the biographer takes down her biography, and he's prone to tangents about the nobility of history, and he flies around with her enigmatic, handsome billionaire butler in an electric helicopter, and he has some dice that are used to randomize his actions and keep the AI from guessing his next moves, 
and I'm not really sure what he's moving toward, but he sure is moving there. And did I mention that he rolls the dice to decide whether or not to eat a steak at one point? Why? What purpose does that serve? There's a soda we used to drink in middle school. We called it the suicide. Very PC of us. You go to a soft drink fountain and mix every single option together. Even the water tap. Each of the drinks was pretty good on its own. We called it the suicide because all those good things mixed together created something abominable and confused. Suicide is a bad name for anything, but we also called soda pop, so you know we were just confused in general. That leads us to point number dos. Failure to agree on the aim of the improv. So you're inevitably going to find yourself in a situation you didn't plan for. We are specks in a swirling sea of chaos. Mike Tyson lisped it best. Everyone has the plan till they get punched in the mouth. Stuff happens, and we adapt. The great improvised moments in history are when someone approached a situation with a plan, experienced chaos, and adapted admirably. In fact, the greatest thing about improv is the fact that nobody planned for it. That sounds a bit obvious, but, you know, hear me out. Improvised jazz is nice to listen to, and it inspires awe when you realize how quickly someone adapts to a key change. When you watch a movie, hear a great one-liner, and find out that the moment was improvised, you're not as much impressed by the line itself as you are by the actor behind it. And what emerges from improvisation is sometimes more brilliant than any plan could be. If you approach a situation with a plan, you'll go for the plan that has the greatest chance of success. If you approach a situation without a plan, you'll be forced to try something new, something innovative. In the film Apollo 13, three astronauts face a unique problem. They're in space, which is where astronauts go, and their survival depends on the ability to fit spare CO2 filters from one spacecraft scrubbers into another spacecraft scrubbers. Say that? Ten times fast. One craft takes square filters, the other takes round filters, and seeing how the nearest auto body shop is like not in space, they have to figure out how to fit a square peg into a round hole using only what's on the spacecraft. They have to do it fast. Copy that. Is this my phone still present in the splash down here? Yeah. Here we got the, uh, the parachute situation, the heat shield, the angle of trajectory in the typhoon. There's just so many variables I'm a little I know what lost. the problems are, Henry. This could be the worst disaster NASA's ever experienced. With all due respect, sir, I believe this is going to be our finest hour. Notice anything about all this great improv? People are working toward a clear, definite goal. The musicians are trying to make beautiful music. The movie makers are trying for a great film. If the musicians are instead vying for attention, if the actors are trying for a tonal shift, if NASA is doing anything other than trying to get their people home in one piece, they work at cross-purposes. And the goal of good improv is always to do good improv. I missed out on having a common goal on this project. I wanted to write a Frankenstein story. I wanted to write a careful-what-you-wish-for story. I wanted to write a frame narrative to write about doubt and despair. I didn't think about what it was for. I didn't think about the first thing I should have thought about, which is writing a good story. 
And that leads us to number three, which is failure to agree on the heart of the matter. The heart of my story should have been what caused me to write it in the first place. At some point, the elements of your story are going to disagree with one another. It's inevitable. At that point, there's only one thing you can do, which is look at what you're doing and why you're doing it. The children in our laser shield example have failed to realize that their innermost desire was not to deny one another's reality, but to have their own reality affirmed. They can have what they really want without fighting. Imagining ways around the problem actually makes me happy. It's the cheese at the end of the mouse's maze. It's tasty uh, because it costs effort. And that's the heart of all improvisation, to reframe obstacles as challenges, to reimagine difficulty as stimulation. Why else do we imagine characters in harrowing situations so that, you know, if they make it home safe, they can rest the rest of the righteous? Why do we love underdogs? Why do we root for the rebels? Their victory is unassured, but if they win, that makes their victory all the sweeter. As I write this, I'm no longer so discouraged by the failures in Run Prometheus. It could be the worst disaster I've ever experienced, but it's that very potential for disaster that could make it potentially our finest hour. 